All right, part two of our college football preview. We're going to dive right into it. Um, let's go to the Pac-12, who doesn't have 12 teams soon to be, but for now, no changes have been... Soon to not have any teams. <laughs> <laughs> for now, the Pac-12 is what it was last year. That's all that matters. Uh, so USC and, and family are still uh, around in the Pac-12 for this year, its final year. So let's get into it. Mike, who do you think is going to win the Pac-12? And then we'll get into our overs, unders, and bottom. Um, this is just a square pick, but, uh, I have USC. I uh, do too. Their odds are, yeah, plus 195 returning Heisman winner. They'll be better on defense. They got a couple transfers in one from, I believe, Texas and Bear Alexander, from, who was starting on Georgia's defense last year to help with the defensive line. Cause that was obviously their biggest problem. Um, if Caleb Williams stays healthy, this should not only be the Pac-12 champ, but they should be a playoff team. Like they should just be able to outgun everybody. Caleb Williams was insane last year and should be again. Um, they do lose Jordan Addison out wide, but they've got enough skill guys. Lane, or, and Lincoln Riley's offense is always going to put up points. So, um, yeah, I, I it's it's feels easy. It feels simple. Um, there's a bunch of teams that are contending, um, which makes this a little bit more difficult. Um, but overall, I think USC is just too – this is their year. They're too talented. They go to the Big Ten next year and I a lot more to deal with. They've there's a little bit of urgency here, even though they have Malachi Nelson behind uh, behind Caleb Williams, ready to step in next year. Um, this is their best chance in a long time to make the playoff. I think um, more than anybody else, more than like the Florida State to the Texases, USC has the pressure on them. I think in turn, like as an internal expectation to make the playoff this year. hundred um, so percent. I yeah, I go with. Uh, I, I think they get it done. Um, the back half of their schedule was not easy. I will say that. No, I was about um, to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Starting, starting on October 15th, they go, or October 14th, they go to Notre Dame. Then they get Utah at home. They go, they can go beat up Cal, but then they get Washington at home at Oregon, UCLA at home. Those are all difficult games. Um, so overall, yeah, it, it's, it's not simple, but I, I do think they weather the storm here. They may lose a game or two, but I, maybe, it, you know, if they lose one game, I think they still make the playoff 10 and two. They're going to need some help, but overall this is Caleb Williams season to go get his team in the playoff, go be the first two time Heisman winner since uh, Archie Griffin. And I think the, that they get it done. So I'm high on USC this year um, just because I'm high on Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. So give me USC. Yeah. I kind of did a little bit of a reversal from, from maybe some takes last year. I think, you know, they have demonstrated their proficiency uh, as a, as a team really. Um, you know, the, uh, you saw kind of last year, like Tulane, they thought they lost the cotton ball to Tulane basically on, on an insane series of flukes. Um, not that that takes away from Tulane at all, but like, you know, they just got unlucky in some cases. And I think that kind of invigorates you a loss like that as well. So I think USC, USC comes out of the gate, like firing, right? Like, they they're gonna beat up on two teams, three really three teams, four teams like in the first couple weeks of September. I mean, they might even beat up on Colorado if Colorado doesn't tend to pan out like we maybe some hope it will. Um, and then you know you're really talking about that second half of the season when they should be in full like train is going full speed down the tracks. That's when they hit their first big game with Notre Dame. And you're right, they do have that tough schedule to finish out. But I think if they gain that positive momentum through those first six games, I think you're going to see USC go on a tear. A little uh, read ahead here, but I have USC going to the college football playoff. Uh, I think they are going to be a very good team this year. Uh, I would be shocked, actually, if, um, you know, we don't see them in a very prominent position like going into the college football playoffs where people are starting to really believe that they can go all the way and win the title game. Whether that happens or not, we'll see, but it, it wouldn't shock me if USC is um, undefeated coming out of the regular season, truly. Um, that also leans into my over. Um, my over is not USC, so USC's win total is 9.5. Um, I might sprinkle it, but the line is minus 175. So there's really no value there. If you can get it at 10, I think 10 is a reasonable at even. Um, I see maybe a one or two, like one loss really for USC at most. Um, and I think if you're talking 12 games, you know, USC, I, I think, I think they don't lose more than two games this year. So uh, if you can find a better line, that's, that would be my overpick. Um, 
otherwise i also like um uh utah i know i've been kind of a utah homer for the past like year on this podcast and homer maybe is a bad word because i've never been to the state of utah let alone mm-hmm. gone to the college but i think if you look at their schedule utah has a tough couple starting games they also have a thursday game to start out this coming week um yeah, against florida and cam rising is iffy for that game uh, yeah line, the line opened at 10 i believe it's now down to four and a half um, yes so if they can survive those first two games against florida and baylor um i don't think they'll have as tough a time coming down the stretch i think their toughest game because they don't play USC this year. I think their toughest game is probably like Oregon or Washington later in the year. But Utah's very good at handling uh, those games when it comes down to it. Um, I don't I, I think the Pac-12 and the top half might be the most interesting division in college football. Um, I would agree. I would definitely I think, agree. I think there's five teams when you look at, you know, USC, Oregon, Washington, Oregon State, and UCLA, those five teams are all going to be like eight. There should, they're on paper, they're eight and four, nine and three sort of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a really interesting conference this year. And it's a, such a shame that it's like not going to exist in this form um, because all of these teams have upward potential, um, you know, as programs. Um, and you're going to lose you know, four of those teams to the big 10 and then, you know, we'll see what happens with Oregon state. But um, speaking of those teams, my over is Oregon state, Um, Oregon state. I think their win total right now sits at eight and a half. uh, If I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think this could be a 10 win team. Um, Their schedule sets up pretty favorably. I think they're still being slept on despite how good they are this year. They're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. They get DGA Uyunglele to come in. Um, with a lot less expectations on him and a lot of talent on the defense. Um, uh, so I think overall, it, the beginning of their schedule sets up well because they get San, San Jose State. They go to them, but it's after that team gets dog walked by USC. Uh, so they'll get a look at them, uh, which is not typical for like an, uh, an Power 5, non-Power 5 opener. Um, then they get UC Davis and San Diego State to lead them into conference play. But the nice part about their schedule is that they split the tough teams. So um, they get Utah that looks like week five, um, UCLA week seven, then they get Arizona, Colorado, and Stanford, uh, in the middle before they have to catch, uh, Washington, Oregon, but they don't play USC. Um, so I think at a, even, you know, at eight and four, you're basically picking them to lose to every one of, uh, Utah, UCLA. Washington and Oregon, and you get three of those teams at home, um, including a rivalry. Game. And the only one you have to go on the road for is your rivalry game against Oregon. So it's a very nice schedule set up for Oregon State. They're ranked 18th. So I think the public is pr- like, I say the public is like the lay college football fan, probably knows nothing about Oregon State, but I think people who understand the sport are very high on them. Uh, so I just have a tough time seeing them going any less than nine and three. Who is uh, who's your under? My under is sorry, going back to my sheet here. My under is Washington. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I and this is all like I think Washington is very much they're a top ten team, but this all comes down to like how do you feel about Michael Penix um, and whether or not yes. you, whether or not you think last year was an anomaly because he was very very good last year. Um, and I just I have a hard time, like take they have to go ten and two to hit this over, and um, it, it's just in this division year to year, it, or sorry in this conference year to year, um, it's so hard to do that consistently. Um, they catch uh, I'm going to their schedule right now, um, but they get I mean they open with Boise State, which is not easy. Granted, the game's at home. Um, they catch Oregon in the middle of the season. Um, but they have to go to USC, to Oregon State. Uh, they get Utah at home. But at the back half of the season, they finish the year with at USC, at home against Utah, at Oregon State, and then they get Washington State at home in the rivalry game in the last one before they leave the conference. That is not easy to navigate all of that with, at a minimum, only losing two of those games. And that's if you that's assuming they beat Oregon at home early in the year. Um, it just, it feels like an uphill sled to get to 10 and two 
for Washington. I think nine and three is perfectly respectable, but it's under the number. Um, and so I, I just I'm not as high on Washington as a top ten team as everybody else is. Uh, so give me Washington at under. I think maybe they sneak just under. Like I said, I think nine and three. Um, they're still a very good team, um, and that's a top twenty five team. Um, but it's just I, I I'm not as high on them as I think everybody else is. I I don't hate the pick. I I'm going with Cal here actually. So I'm I'm staying. I'm I'm changing it up from some of my other picks where I just I think the worst team is the also the under team here. Uh, Cal last year went two and ten. Uh, I don't think there's been more like massive improvement from last year. Um, and I think this is kind of skewed because their schedule, their win total is five and a half right now. So they, they start off playing North Texas at North Texas. And then two weeks later, they play Idaho. Right. So reasonably, I think Cal can handle those two games. Um, I just look ahead at their schedule and I don't see another three uh, wins, really four wins to get them over the win total of five and a half. Um to get them, I don't see Cal going to a bowl game. That's this bet. Like, let's be honest. Uh, they play Auburn. They play Washington. They play Oregon State, Utah, Oregon, USC, uh, UCLA, Washington State. Like, Cal is not as good a team as people think they've made improvements, if that makes sense. Um, I don't see Cal going anywhere this year. I don't see him in a bowl game. So, five and a half to me is way too high. I think they probably reasonably get four. Um, so I'm going with Cal on the under. I just don't see any sort of massive improvement that that leads me to believe that Cal is ready for a bowl game and ready to get to a bowl game and therefore worthy of of an overbet here. So I'm, I'm going with the under. Uh, yeah, I don't hate that. There's a there's a handful of teams here that like you think about under in the bottom of the conference, and they're all because this conference is so not top heavy um, in the sense that we traditionally think of top heavy, but the top five teams are so good. Uh, that there's going to be a lot of like non bowl eligible at the bottom, um, and so I, I think it's a smart play. I think it just Cal has an uphill battle to get to six and six, and that's that's just not going to happen. Um, yeah, your basement. Is I, I mean, it's Stanford. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, look, not trying to dog on anybody. Stanford is just not a good program for football. Um, I will say that there's some cool games coming in there. I think Stanford versus Hawaii in the beginning of the year is going to be a fun one uh, at Hawaii, 10 p.m. on a Friday. That, that'll be fun. But then Stanford has like USC, Oregon, like they're going to get crushed. I think the fun games, if you're a Stanford fan, you look forward to the Hawaii game, you probably take one away from Sacramento State, and maybe you can upset Colorado at Colorado uh, if Colorado truly is not yet a good program i think colorado will be we haven't really talked about that much i know with Dion there there's been a lot of hype a lot of talk i think colorado's top expectation should be bowl game i think their bottom expectation should be going over their win total which i see at like four and a half i don't not three and a half not many people believe in colorado i am not going to be a doubter of Dion until he shows me a reason to doubt him um and i think stanford's schedule is much harder than Colorado's, so that's why I went with Stanford. Um, but I don't, I don't know that Colorado will be that much better if we're truly talking honest takes here. Yeah, no, I, I was because a lot of people are picking or are fading Dion. Um, I, I don't, I don't like that. That seems either to me like a hater pick or like people are just not believing. I think he's a good coach. I just think I, Colorado I lacks the talent. Yeah, I, I think it's going to take a couple of years in Colorado. Um, but I think more than anything, like people who are picking against Colorado should be picking it because of their schedule, not because of Dion. Uh, and just right. because they, they brought in talent. Like Shadur is a good quarterback. Travis Hunter is an All-American. Um, so, like, they have dudes. And Travis Hunter is going to play a lot. Um, it's just more they open at TCU, then get Nebraska and Colorado State at home. Uh, Nebraska is going to be better under Matt Rule, and Colorado State's a pretty good non uh, non Power Five team in a rivalry game. Um, that's not easy, and then they get into their Pac-12 schedule, which is brutal up front. They have to go to Oregon, then get USC at home before they go to Arizona State, who you know could be pretty good uh, under Kenny Dillingham. Um, then they get you know then they get Stanford home, but they finish with some tough games. You know, UCL at UCLA, Oregon State at home. Um, so there's a possibility that they win two or three games. I think if he if they go to a bowl game, he should be a, a coach of the year candidate. Um, yes, because of the amount of roster turn, turnover and the expectations and living up to them in the first year is going to be so difficult to do that. I think Dion should be really considered that way. 
uh, if this team somehow ends up six and six, because that would mean probably they beat Nebraska, beat Colorado State, pick off at least two to three of, or probably three of Arizona State, Stanford, Arizona, uh, and maybe Washington State. And then somewhere in there, you've got to win another game against a team that's a preseason ranked team. So that would be like a TCU, Oregon, both of those games are on the road at UCLA. Um, Oregon State at home, which would be kind of crazy. So like their schedule is not easy even to make a bowl game you know, regardless of right. the fact that it's Colorado, uh, never mind, you know, what Dion's got as far as expectations and the pressure on him. So, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the Pac-12. I think you're right. I think that's Stanford um, because Stanford's schedule, I think, might arguably be just as hard as just as hard, if not harder. Um, Hawaii at Hawaii is not an easy game by any means. Um, given the fact that, you know, all the emotion that they are going to have riding with them. Um, then they get USC in week two, which is a traditional spot, but they're going to lose that game. Sorry. Uh, the only win that really you can pencil in for Stanford is Sacramento state at home. Um, right. but everybody else, like the, even the, what you would consider the, the teams that they could beat, you know, if you pick in four Arizona, Colorado, Washington state and Cal, they get only two of those games at home. Um, and one of them is Cal at the end of the year. Uh, so there's a really decent chance they only have like two wins. Um, so I think, yes, Stanford's my pick as well for the bottom of the Pac-12. Um, uh, and I think Colorado is – there's a chance they go under, but I don't think they're going to be the worst team. I, I, I don't disagree with you, to be honest. I don't disagree. All right, well, let's move on. We'll go to everybody's – Favorite conference where it just matters more, the SEC. Um, let's go conference champion first. Uh, I am going to go against the tie, or uh, I'm going to go against the public and with the tie. I told you I was with, I was very high on Alabama in the last hour. Oh. Um, and I just, like, there's not a lot of value in picking Georgia. And Andy Staples has been on this bus, and I'm a big believer in it. Nick Saban is like weirdly very happy right now. Yes, that is that does scare me. Recent press like hits, he has been very happy, and so people have talked about it. Like some of the the media day interviews and stuff with some of the guys from the team, I think that he has gotten them to a point where they feel really disrespected, and with the amount of talent that they just have on the roster, this all comes down to like how do you feel about the quarterback room, right? I think they've probably got four guys who could you could see a world where this this is a top five team or a playoff team with four different quarterbacks in their quarterback room. Like if J, if if Milrow figures out how to pass, they're a, a playoff team possibly. If Tyler Buckner is the person that everybody thought he was going to be as a recruit, they're a playoff team. Ty Simpson, if he just manages the game with the running backs and the offensive line they have, they're a playoff team. Um, and then the, the freshman that they have, uh, whose name is escaping me as well, uh, all of the Alabama message boards are super high on this kid. Um, and if he just turns into like a, a freshman phenom, they're a playoff team. So like, you know, I think the, I think the biggest question you have that goes back to last year, are there receivers, Ja'Cory Brooks? Um, I think is the other, they, they have like one speedster, but not the same amount of talent on the outside, just not very promising, but their their running backs, you know, are going to be good. Their offensive line is going to be one of the best in the country. Um, they returned Dallas Turner, who's an All-American, and they always have dudes on defense. So I just – I am high on Alabama because it feels like the first time – the truly the – like not Nick Saban making it up, but the first time in a long time where Alabama – everybody has sort of written them off before this season has even started. Um and I think they show up against Texas and they, it's a very physical game. Like I think last year was a wake up call for them. And you would say that Alabama has arguably gotten worse and Texas has gotten better, but I think Alabama shows up in that game and they come out with their hair on fire and punch Texas right in the nose. And that really everybody sort of gets a wake up call. They don't catch Georgia on the schedule, so they won't see them until the championship game. I think if they navigate the SEC West and they were really close really close to doing it last year. Um, I think the two games they lost were one score games. Um, and so if they get through their, their SEC West schedule, which I think on the whole 
is probably pretty average this year. Um, not, I, I say average compared to other seasons in the SEC West. Like, there's not two to three teams that you could really see winning the that division. I think mm-hmm. Texas A&M could take a big step forward. I think Auburn's going to be better than people think. Um, but and LSU is obviously there. But I think overall, there's some opportunity for Alabama to come back and have a really good year. So I'm going to go against the public here. I'm going to take Alabama just because of the value. They're plus 220, which I think is a good number for Alabama. Obviously, Georgia's going to be really good. I, I have a hard time seeing how they don't make the playoff at the minimum. Um, it's so hard to go back, like, to repeat three times. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia – this isn't a knock on Georgia. I think they, they're probably going to win the SEC. But if you're going to ask me to put, you know, any sort of money on it in Virginia where you can legally gamble, not North Carolina. Uh, i got to say that for the, these preview episodes um, just to make sure nobody thinks that I'm gambling illegally. Um, yeah, I, the, the value here is on Alabama. I don't hate it. I, I I do hate my own pick. Uh, I am going with Georgia. Uh, I think Georgia wins every game they play this year. I don't think they've regressed at all. I don't think they've lost a significant amount. I think whatever they did, you know, six years ago to start this chain of recruiting where they have like the most oppressive NFL level defense of all time um, is impressive. And I think it's worth noting that I I don't see a loss for them on the schedule, truly. Um, so that's really the the driving factor b- behind why I think Georgia comes out on top. Granted, once you get to the SEC championship game, it's anybody's game, right? As we've seen in the past, typically actually with the SEC championship game, a lot of times, especially Alabama-Georgia, the team that wins that game doesn't go on to the national title championship victory. Um I think we've seen that twice now where Alabama beat Georgia, Georgia beat Alabama, and then they didn't win the the title game. I think really Georgia's only true like, oh shit, maybe maybe they lose game would be at Tennessee mm-hmm. on November 18th. Uh, I'm sure if they're smart, that'll be a night game. Um, but I don't, I don't see Georgia losing to anybody else before that i mean their schedule is not hard they don't play alabama they don't have lsu so their hardest team i mean is uh mississippi maybe uh the week before tennessee but that's at home so it's hard to see they'll stumble there so i think i think tennessee's your only real chance you see georgia lose i think georgia walks into the sec championship game and then i think they beat whoever's there i will say i actually think lsu might beat alabama uh, and and win the SEC West and then make it to the SEC championship game. Um, I think LSU is ready to take that next step. I think Jalen Daniel Jaden Daniels is is a very good quarterback. Uh, there's a lot of been, there's been a lot of hype about how he's been performing in camp and how he's ready to go. Um, and Alabama, I, I I just need to see it. I 100 percent believe that they can be the perennial contender that they have been in the past. I just need to be shown that they can do it because like. The past two years, three years have been really lackluster from them, um, and I, I think, I, I think Alabama can get back to where they were in that level of prominence. But I've got to see it because Georgia is just that oppressive on defense, and LSU is not going to be a walk in the park either. And then you know, A and M might pull something out where maybe this is finally their year that we've been talking about for the past couple of years. You know, so I think. I think the West is a lot more competitive. I think that makes it much more difficult for these teams to progress and, and not lose to each other. I think LSU probably comes out on top of it, out of all of that uh, as opposed to Alabama. But I'm excited to see. I think the SEC West specifically is probably the most competitive sub-conference. Uh, um, so I guess we'll kind of see. who yeah, is. I, th- I think yeah. as much as people are down on Alabama, and, and a lot of that is Bryce Young did keep them in a lot of these games. But yes. they did. They were – they were 10 and two and their two losses were Tennessee at Tennessee on that crazy game with the field goal, uh, where mm-hmm. they carried the, the goalpost to the river and then the overtime loss at LSU. So they still went 10 and two with two road losses against two top 10 teams. Um, that, that really could have gone either way. Yeah. Um, and then the only other thing I'll say for my pick is, um, is that you could also make the argument that Nick Saban should have and would have beaten Georgia every single time he's played him. If he would have had John Mechie and Jameson Williams. Uh, and like, that's like, we, we, there's a lot of, we forget about that because, you know, Georgia has won two national titles and they made it, you know, they, they won it running away when they played Alabama the second time. Um, 
but that was without both of their starting receivers, and they didn't play Georgia last year. Um, so uh, you can make the case that Nick Saban has still gotten better at Kirby Smart pretty much every time he's played him, besides the fact that you know he didn't have the talent that he thought he would have. So um, I, I think Alabama's being slept on. I think you're right. I think Georgia's still the most talented team. I don't think they're going to take a step back. I, like I said, I have a very hard time seeing how they don't make it to even the national title game. Um, and a very hard time seeing how they don't make the playoff, even if they lose the SEC championship game. Um, so, yeah, I just – I'm looking for value here, and I think that, that what – you know, obviously Georgia's going to have to – like this – how long can this run really go mm. on? Even You know, three national titles in a row would be something even Saban hasn't done, and I just think it's so hard to do. With a new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator, I think those are the only questions. I You know, some people say that, you know, bringing in Mike Bobo for Todd Munkin um, – isn't as big a deal. I think it is because of, you know, just the amount of turnover and getting on the right page, uh, you know, early um, is, is a question mark. And it's the only question mark for Georgia. They'll be better on the outside than I think they have been in a long time. Um, Definitely throughout these two title runs. I think the side like Pickens didn't play that year um, that they won their first national title. Um, And, Last year, obviously, everything sort of went up the middle with the tight ends with Washington and Brock Bowers in the run game. So um, so it'll be interesting to see how they come out offensively. Uh, but I think you're right. And it's not, you know, it's, it's a smart pick. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this SEC season because I think there's a lot of unpredictability. Yeah, it, and just to get ahead of the game here, my uh, over is Georgia at 11.5. I don't think Georgia loses a single game. I think Tennessee gives them a run for their money. They still come out on top. I think Georgia goes undefeated in the regular season and, and kind of starts rolling into the playoffs. Um, so I'll let you go with your, your over. I've got two. I'm, I'm going to go with two because I wasn't sure if you were going to pick either of these teams. Um, but they're, they're I also, I, I will say here's who I like as well. Tennessee over, LSU over, Alabama over. Which kind of contradicts them, right? Because they play each other and they kind of <laughs> they all they all kind of tie into each other. So, uh, but Alabama at ten and a half, I could see them being a one or two loss team. Um, you know, LSU is at nine and a half. I could see LSU having ten wins easy. Um, Tennessee, I believe, is at nine and a half as well. Yep, I could see them having ten wins. I like. I think these teams beat each other up, but when you look at the SEC overall, I think LSU, Alabama. Georgia, Tennessee, like playing anybody else, I don't see anybody else beating those four teams. So I think they beat up on each other, but I think they're all probably at nine to ten wins each. Uh, I'm going to talk about three other teams here um, because it's interesting. Those are the teams you're high on. I'm low on it. Uh, LSU, we'll get there in a second. Um, okay, I'd love to hear. That I have other teams stepping into that void, and I'll, I'll rattle them off in an order. My favorite uh, under or total right now uh, in the SEC is Kentucky. Um, over really? Six, over six and a half. Um, I think that uh, their transfer transfer portal activity and some of their recruiting has fixed some of the problems that they had last year. I think they had a lot of expectation, and obviously Will Levis and Co. didn't really live up to that besides, you know, going down to the swamp and beating Anthony Richardson in Kentucky in a ranked game, or Anthony Richardson in Florida in a ranked game. Um, they kind of had a lackluster finish to the season, but their non-conference schedule is a joke. It's Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, and Akron. Um, and then the tough games, quote unquote, that you would consider on their schedule, the majority of them are at home. Um, they get Florida at home, they get Missouri at home, they get Tennessee at home, they get Alabama at home. Um, so they're and the, at a total of six and a half for this for this team. Like Florida is a very winnable game. They get Vanderbilt on their schedule because they're in the East. Um, there's a there's a really good chance that they give Tennessee a hell of a fight at home. Uh, and then their two road ga- or yeah, their two road games uh, later in the season are at Mississippi State and at South Carolina. Games they might be favored in. Um, so overall, like six and a half, being barely better than the bowl team with the schedule that they have, with what should be three and zero and really four and zero because they go to Vanderbilt in their first SEC game. Uh, you know, if if they beat Florida week five, you know they could be five and zero heading into uh, a game against Georgia that they'll lose. Um, but then you've got to find two wins on the rest of the schedule. And they get Missouri, Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Louisville. Um, granted, three of those games are on the road. But um, to find two wins in there is not hard for, for that team. Liam Cohen's a good offensive coordinator. They get Devin Leary from NC State, who's a good quarterback that just got hurt last year. They're better on the outside than they've been in a long time. Uh, I'm really high on Kentucky. Uh, the other two teams I have 
Auburn, um, I think is their win total is, I want to say six and a half. Um, no, seven. Um, I think Auburn's going to be better this year. I think they had a lot of dysfunction in that program. Brian Harson was not a good coach. They they switched to Cadillac Williams. Um, I, it, it's a tough it's a tough division. It's an uphill sled. But the one thing we do know about good uh, Hugh Freeze, regardless of his propensity to hire uh, adult workers, is that he is a good football coach. Um, and I think they have the you know the back half of their schedule in the SEC is not that difficult. Um, they get Mississippi State at home, go to Vanderbilt, to Arkansas, and then New Mexico State at home before they get Auburn. That's not the worst uh, thing in the world. You know, obviously Arkansas is a tough game sandwiched in there. Um, but at, at seven wins with them playing UMass and Cal up front and Samford, um, they've got a good shot to be a, a seven and five, eight and four sort of team. And everybody looks up and goes, wow, you know, it was a solid season for Hugh Freeze. And, and he hasn't even started paying people to come to school. Um, so I think they're going to be good. And I'm also, I will say too, I'm also higher. I think a little bit on Texas A&M to be better than they have been, uh, in the past couple of seasons. I don't know what their win total is. Um, give me a second to look that up. But, uh, I think overall, I think last year was, was obviously a tough season. I think the Miami game is going to be really interesting. Um, just because those are two programs where it feels like both might hit the panic button if they lose. Um, Nine wins is a lot, especially in the SEC West, which is why this is probably my third favorite, um, because they have to go to Ole Miss. They have to go to LSU. They have to go to Tennessee. Um, and then they catch Auburn. They have to go to Miami. Uh, none of those games are easy, and those are five very toss-up games for them. Uh, and, and really, I say very toss-up. More, It's more like they're going to be underdogs probably at LSU, at Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at home against Alabama. So if you're, if they're underdogs in four of those games uh, and they need to get the nine wins, that's difficult. Um, which is why I like this one the least. Um, but yeah, my, my over is Kentucky. I'm high on them. So we are actually on opposite sides here. Uh, my under for this year is Auburn. Um, I, I could totally see it. Like it, this is going to be a, a project like Brian Harson. It's hard to understate how bad a job Brian Harson did as the coach of Auburn. And it really, to me, it wasn't his fault. That was just a, one of the worst hires in the mm-hmm. SEC in the past. He put it up there with like Butch Jones, like some of the worst hires in the conference in the past two decades. I, I think Brian Harson was one of them. Yeah. So here's, <laughs> here's my problem, right? I, Hugh Freeze, I don't think is a very good leader. Yeah, I, I didn't think, say that. I think he's a good. I think he's a good like play caller and a good offensive coach. I think in the SEC you need that though. I think you need that cult of personality. I think you need that Kirby Smart, that that Nick Saban. Like I and I think he is a cult of personality for all of the wrong reasons. I was joking with my good friend who is an Auburn fan about. I literally said it would be funny if you hired Hugh Freeze, and then like a week later they hired Hugh Freeze, and I was like. What in the hell is going on? I I am not high on Auburn. I need Auburn to show me that they're not incompetent, and I don't think that Hugh Freeze is the guy that's going to be a leader in the SEC and kind of show these kids how to go forward, brutally honest. I, I know that's very harsh, um, but I see, like, I'm looking at Auburn's schedule, and I see the opposite. I see it very possible that they lose to Cal in week two. I mean, not really, but, right, even if they don't, that's let's let's assume they start off three and zero against UMass, Cal, and Stanford. Then they go to Texas A and M. Then they have Georgia. Then they have LSU. Then they have Mississippi. Then they have Mississippi State, who is a better team than they are. The next win after the first three wins, where they're dog walking bad teams, is Vanderbilt. And then I don't think they beat Arkansas. And I don't think they beat Alabama. And I would <laughs> it wouldn't shock me if they lose to one of these four teams: Stanford, Cal, UMass, and and New Mexico State. Like. I don't see six and a half wins out of this team. Uh, and I think they'll continue their regression a little bit under, under dicey leadership, to be honest with you. I know that's shitty, but like, I think Auburn making a bowl game would actually maybe surprise me a bit. Like, I don't know that they get to six and their total is six and a half. Um, I just, from a leadership standpoint, I need to see that Auburn is not in a vacuum. And players can only do so much. And I know it's just a head coach, right? Because you got 
O coordinators, T coordinators. You got other leaders, right? But I, I truly think that Auburn might be in a tough spot. And I think it's very, very possible that we revisit your worst hire comment and immediately throw Hugh Freeze in that category. It's there's a ton of variance. I'll give you that. My my logic comes from if they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat on paper, which includes Cal, they go five. You know that's five wins, and so you're correct. Correct. I am risking it basically under the assumption that they don't really have many conference wins at all. Yeah, and, and so your the other two games you have on the schedule is Mississippi State and Arkansas, which is you know it's it's tough sledding, assuming they don't pick off one of the teams that they're going to be underdogs against. Um, no, I agree. Like I said, I, I think that's a it's a it's a variance play, and it's why it's not my favorite. My favorite is Kentucky because it's a much more stable program. Um, yeah, I just I, I everything. You're right. As a as a leader, Hugh Freeze has not been a good guy. Um, but the I feel like his teams have played uh, and played well, even at Liberty. Obviously, he was able to get Malik Willis. They were you know they were much more competitive than they are now. Um, so I, I look at the product that he's put on the football field. I think it'll blow up spectacularly at some point. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but I think Auburn is kind of like, you know what, we'll take the risk. If we're competitive and it blows up, we're kind of fine with that. As mm-hmm. opposed to, like, hiring Brian Harson, who's going to say and do the right things. But we're going to go five and seven. And, uh, and then we're going to make up some sort of fake accusation to try to uh, fire him for cause and not pay his severance. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think... Auburn's in a weird spot. I just, I, I look at what Hugh Freeze has done in the past and I think there's like, they just, they are, they're always talented defensively. They have high level recruiting talent. I, I think that there's a chance that they're decent, but yeah, I like that we're locked up on that one because they're, they might be the most interesting team in the West, just as far as like what they're, you know, Peyton Thorne had a good season at, at Michigan state, but that was largely Kenneth Walker. Um, and then majorly the regress last year. So if he can turn into you know, the guy he was two years ago, there's a chance they're decent. Obviously it could also implode. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting. We'll, we'll see. All right, let's, let's transition over to what, what I might argue is one oh, of the more basement. Or oh, sorry. Yes. Basement, Thank you for uh, catching me. We're both Vanderbilt. Yeah. 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 Vanderbilt, I, I the team that should not be in the SEC Vanderbilt. OK, let, let me make this argument. I made this argument last year. Vanderbilt should genuinely consider moving away from the SEC. It would open up a spot for a more competitive team that is more suited to be in that conference. Right. This is really a tier one conference within the FBS. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt could go to the ACC could go to the Pac-12 if it still exists, could go to the Big Ten, the Big 12, and they could do well. They could start to build a little momentum, right? You can't go into the SEC like this and just be dog-walked in football and expect to like get better over time. No one wants to go to Vanderbilt to play because they know they're going to get crushed by Georgia or Tennessee or Kentucky or South Carolina every year. Like it's, It must be very frustrating for the players, and I'm not saying they're a bad program, but there's just been no momentum. I think Vanderbilt could easily, easily benefit from a change of scenery in conference to maybe be more competitive down the road, and they just, they just refuse to do it. It's just shocking to me. I think the SEC keeps them there for two reasons. I think it's one, they do actually like having a tomato can to kick, you know, around. Um, and let's not forget, I took them over two and a half last year on our preview show and they laughed at me and that hit in October. Um, <laughs> no, you were right. I, I laughed because I, I, it was a smart bet. The way you logically laid it out made sense. They would get their first three wins, and then they would not win another game. And, and you were they, on they, the money. You yeah, they won they their first three games. And um, they they and lost every single one after that. So I think I think this year Vegas is smart. They set the total a, a, a notch above that. Their their total three and a half. They will be the worst team. Um, but I think they also have a chance to go over again. Um, I'm looking at their schedule right now. Um, they have. They get Hawaii at home, which is their favorite at by 17 and a half points. Then they get a- Alabama A&M. They would have to beat uh, Wake. Uh, assuming they lose every other game in their schedule, they'd have to beat Wake and UNLV. Uh, I'm not going to take it this year because I don't think no. they beat Wake. Um, like I said earlier, I'm high on Wake. Um, but, yeah, I they're, I think – I was going to say two reasons. One, they, they like having them as a tomato can. And two, they're – very competitive in baseball and they put a lot of guys into the pros. I know that really means nothing because we don't consider baseball to be like a, a revenue generating sport, but they do. I think they do like having 
Vanderbilt has a very established presence in baseball, both collegiately and in the major leagues. And I think that's why they keep them around. Yeah, I, look, I get why, right? There's also the money every time an SEC team makes a college football playoff and they get that money. That gets evenly dispersed throughout the conference. So, like, there is a financial benefit to being in the SEC. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you are diehard locked in on Vanderbilt football, it, you should be a number one advocate for getting the hell out of the SEC because you need room to grow, you need time to grow, and you're not going to have growth when you're just getting the shit kicked out of you every yeah. year. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, we can move on. All right, let's go. So I was saying before, um, let's go to the G5. So we're going to do this with G5 and Independence. We'll talk a little bit about uh, them both. Um, and we'll kind of give our best worst teams and who we like coming out uh, of the group of five. Um I still think it's some of the best football, college football, because it's so much fun. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's not as elite, quote unquote, but there's something about a Mac game. And, you know, the AAC is is getting very competitive. I think you'll start to see the AAC as of next year become much more prominent as they are as the G5 gets guaranteed a slot in the college football playoff, right? I think you'll see the ACC kind of come out on top there. Uh, and we'll talk about this next year, but I, I have high hopes for a bunch of schools as we kind of go on, but let's, let's Fun get now. into it. Fun yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike, who, who is, give me like your top two to three teams uh, in the G five. Uh, and then you could throw in independence. If you um, yeah. So the best, I think the best non, I'll, I'll go best non power five team to me. It's still Notre Dame. Um, obviously that's a, a very square pick, but um, I also like their over. Um Though what's working against Notre Dame is a tough schedule, but I think Sam Hartman's a really good quarterback. Sam Hartman has thrown for more touchdowns the past two years than anyone has ever thrown for at uh, Notre Dame. Um, Brady Quinn, I think, holds the record with 38. I think Sam Hartman has thrown 38 and 39 touchdowns in the past two years. Um, Sam Hartman's a really good quarterback, and that was the one thing that they were clearly lacking, especially early in the season last year. Let us also not forget they kicked the ever-loving crap out of Clemson in South Bend at the end of the season. They were trending in the right direction at the end of last year, not in the wrong direction. Uh, having watched this team play in person and have, having been on the sidelines watching them warm up, they have dudes, like tons of dudes. Um, and uh, I think they're going to be pretty good. Uh, if Sam Hartman can unlock this offense, they're going to be possibly in the college football playoff conversation, which I think is you know not necessarily where I think everybody slots them in. I think you know for the most part, if you had to pick a – a dart throw at the end of the season, you would say somewhere between like eight and 15. I think they have a chance to be better than that. Um, like I said, it's a tough schedule, but they get, they do get Ohio state at home. They get USC at home. They have to go to Clemson. Those are their three toughest games, but two of them are at home uh, against what we would consider to be playoff teams. And if they pick off either Ohio state or USC, uh, I think expectations change drastically. And Sam Hartman is the kind of guy that can do it. Um, so, uh, you know, they have some some tricky games in there. At NC State could be a difficult one. At Duke is not a walk in the park. Louisville should be better this year. That game is also on the road. Uh, and then they get Wake Forest at home, who I'm obviously high on, which should be interesting with Sam Hartman playing against his old team. Um, so uh, Notre Dame overall, I, even if they lose the three games they're supposed to lose, they'll be favored in every other game. Uh, and I just have a hard time seeing uh, eight and four out of this team. I think they pick off one of Clemson, USC, and Ohio State, which might, you know, if it's the last two of those teams, might throw the college football playoff into some sort of wackiness. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Notre Dame is my best non-Power 5 team. I also like their over. Okay. I don't I don't hate it. Um, look, I, I, I'm going to talk about the Power f or the G5 conferences more probably than the independents. I, I think Notre Dame is a fine team. I don't see them going to the college football playoff. I'll get that out of the way. Um, I think there there's a few like things they're just kind of missing. I, I, you know, I I like Marcus Freeman. I think he's a very good coach. I don't think it's a coaching issue. I just think like how you've drafted or how you've recruited in the past couple of years. I just don't see a match between what they're going to put on the field versus what they're going to like expect. Right. I don't see them beating USC. I don't see them really beating Clemson unless Clemson is much worse than they are. 
uh, or in, unless Clemson is much worse than we think they will be this year. Um, I certainly don't see them beating Ohio State. I think they could even lose to like Wake Forest late in the year or maybe Pitt sneaks up on them. Like I think they have one of those, maybe NC State, right, where you have like a sneak up game and they just like shit the bed like Notre Dame typically does about once a year. Um, so I, I am I am not high on Notre Dame. I think they're fine. I think they're obviously the best independent team. I don't think Navy is very good at all. Um, I don't think Army is very good at all. Um, but yeah, so as far as conferences, though, for, for the G5, uh, I think we are set up for a very interesting series. I, I think the AAC is easily the best G5 conference. Um, UTSA is going to be... Yeah, I, I think you, I think the AAC is is better. Yeah, no, than, I'm just I'm saying. The, I think the fun belt is probably second. Um, yeah, in, yeah, 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 a hundred percent. Maybe Mountain West, you could argue. I think Conference USA and MAC are a little lower, but of those, I think the AAC is the most interesting because UTSA and Tulane, I think, are really going to have to battle it out. Um, because you're not just battling it out for like this year, you're starting to battle it out really for name recognition and prominence for next year to prepare yourself to be in the college football playoff, if that makes sense. Um, UTSA came up real quick uh, from basically not existing. They got established and then quickly became a very prominent school. But I think if you look at the AAC, right, and I'm sorry, I mentioned Navy as an independent school. They're in the AAC. But I think if you look at the AAC, UTSA and Tulane is a very, very interesting competition competitional matchup i also think that smu is a pretty good team and ecu is a pretty good team that could sneak up in there memphis is not a bad team either i think it's going to be highly competitive and i think what you're going to look for from the aac is really someone to start to try and establish momentum for next year where you can get in the college football playoff um i think looking at the rest of the conferences sunbelt will be a lot of fun this year um i i think there's a lot of good teams within the Sun Belt that could really like make things interesting, I guess. Um, I, I don't think they're good as good as the AAC, but I think uh, Troy comes out on top um, of the Sun Belt. I think they're a great team. Um, they kind of stand out to me. JMU also in there. They had a pretty like breakaway season last year. I, I'm interested to see what JMU is going to kind of do going forward, but I think Troy is probably the best team out of that conference. Um, if we're talking Mountain West, I actually like Air Force. Uh, I think their Air Force is going to be a sneaky good team this year. Uh, I think they'll definitely win both games against the other academies. But Air Force is keep an eye on Air Force. Air Force's passing game last year was was shockingly shockingly good, mm-hmm. uh, and I think we could start to see like some people start to think that the Air Force Academy could be that that 12th team in the college football playoff as of next year, because it's guaranteed to one of the G five teams. And then if you look down, I think the Mac, I think Toledo is probably the best team in the Mac Um, there. You know, Mac is (laughs) Mac is Mac, right? It's your, it's your typical like Tuesday at 6 PM, Wednesday, 6 PM conference. Um, But it's a fun one. I just, it's sometimes it's hard to keep track uh, you know, Toledo's not, Toledo's not too bad either. Um, so I'll, I'll probably stick with them. I'm not probably going to bet it, but I, I like Toledo. And then I think conference USA, I I'm not big on conference USA. I think Liberty is a very good team. I think UTEP's a very good team. I think we see Western Kentucky or, uh, uh, Oh God, I lost my train of thought. Western Kentucky, UTEP or, or Liberty come out of, all of that. I think Jackson State really falls off in Conference USA, unfortunately, uh, with the loss of of Dion. So I don't think Jackson Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, sorry. Jackson, Jackson State is in the whatever the, the Southern Conference or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, HBCU conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacksonville State. So, uh, sorry, that was a, a weird tangent. I read that wrong. Um, but yeah, I think I think Western Kentucky or, or UTEP kind of comes out on top. I think UTEP's a pretty good team too. Um, you're starting to see these UT these associated UT teams. So really what it is, it's the same college university of Texas. They started football programs on all their different campuses. And because it's Texas and it's football, they're all 
pretty decent. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be interesting. I think the G5 is, is going to be a fun one. Uh, I'll let you go through your uh, your picks. For yeah, the really. My. Ooh. Ooh. What? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> my picks. Um, the uh, my my favorite over is UTSA. Um, I I think that eight and a half is where they're sitting now. Um, they I, I think people are giving them a chance to go to Tennessee and beat Tennessee in one of those like early G five upsets that we see over mm-hmm. here, um, which is certainly possible. They they open the season at Houston, which they they could very easily win, um, and, and they get Army at home in non conference too, which feels like a game that could help increase their profile because you know Army draws eyeballs across the country. I think they're better than pretty much everybody else not named Tulane uh, in the um, in Conference USA, and I think that Tulane they get Tulane at the end of the season it's at Tulane, but that could very well be a, like. Do they have a conference championship game? Tulane, yes, no, or the AAC, yes, yeah, AAC, yeah. So that could be like they play back to back weeks because um, both of those teams could be in the conference championship. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, I don't see a team there that's better than them. Um, so I, I like eight. Find me four losses on this schedule. Like I, I just don't see it. Even if they lose to, you know, Houston, Tennessee, and Tulane, they would still have to lose to like somebody else, you know, in the conference in order for that to happen. I just don't see it. Um, they're my over. My under is ECU. I know you mentioned them um, as one of the teams that you think is going to be pretty decent, but. Uh, their non-conference schedule is not easy. Uh, they go to Michigan to open the season, then they get they go to App State two weeks later. Um, they could very well start the season one and two. They also uh, they also have to play SMU, who is never an easy game for anybody. They're always like pretty good. Um, and then they travel to UTSA and have Tulane at home in back-to-back weeks, um, which those those will be tough. Their their win total is five and a half. Um, I just I see a world where this team is not very good um, and, and loses a bunch of games. And then my uh, the worst worst team in Division One FBS football um, pick because it would be out of the G five presumably if it's not Northwestern um, is <laughs> or Virginia. Uh, to me, it's Charlotte. Um, if you haven't seen any of the press clippings, yeah, from, uh, Bill Pogi, their new coach. Go look this guy up because he is a nut job. He's electric. Uh, he's a former high school coach, but he is a nut job. And this could e- they could either be like have a bunch of swagger and come out and play way above their head, or this could be just an absolute disaster. And I think I'm leaning towards the second one. Um, their win total is three and a half. Uh, they I, I don't really see <laughs> where they beat some teams, uh, and I I just think this could be one of the craziest stories in college football this season. So uh, my, my worst team in the G five is going to be Charlotte. Okay. I, I don't disagree. Um, I, I'll shy away from shitting on G five teams as a fan of now two G five teams. Uh, all right, Mike, let's transition one last future pick here. Give me the four teams in the college football playoff in order. Oh, in order. okay. In order. So remember oh. this is, and I fucked this up. Uh, Remember, this is we're still in a fourteen playoff for this year. I, I for some reason my mind melted and I thought we were in a twelve team earlier. Um, but four teams still, so give me your four, uh, and then if you want to throw in a pick for week zero, I'll go ahead. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll also give you my three picks for week zero. Uh, my playoff in order. I'm going to ride with Alabama. Um, if I pick okay. them in the, the championship, I'm going to take them number one. Uh, USC two. I think we're we're both high on them. Eleven and one, Pac twelve champ. Um, very few blemishes in their schedule. I, I think they go in at two. I'm going to take Georgia at three. They could go 11 and one with a loss in the SEC championship game. Uh, I think there's a chance that they come in at three. And then my fourth, because I picked them to win the conference, uh, I'm going to take Penn State um, as the fourth team in the playoffs. So I have two SEC teams uh, and two future Big Ten teams uh, in the playoff with USC and Penn State. Uh, and then my week zero picks, I like Notre Dame minus 20 and a half against Navy. Uh, this is how do you feel about Sam Hartman? I feel good about Sam Hartman. Navy's not as good as they've been in recent years. Um, so I'll take uh, Notre Dame to cover a three touchdown spread. I also like USC, same vein, minus 31. Um, 
against San Jose State. I thought about taking the under actually in this game because the total is 66. Uh, hmm. And um, San Jose State used to have – who was the quarterback that bounced around forever that was playing there? Uh, I, I can look this up, but um, – he, he was like a Auburn, Arkansas dude, was like 26 years old. Uh, he's not there anymore. And if we think USC's defense is going to be better, even even USC by themselves, if they score 56, they still need 10 from San Jose State to hit that number or more than 10. Um, that feels like an uphill climb. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shy away from that. I'm going to take USC minus 31. I think they hit this number maybe even by the third quarter. And you see a little bit of Malachi Nelson in the fourth quarter help run this number up. Uh, and then the uh, I know we both have a soft spot for this team. Uh, I'm going to take Hawaii plus 17 and a half on the road at, at mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. with the emotion. Like this goes one of two ways. Either Hawaii is just very distracted by the wildfires in Maui, where this is a community that that sort of rallies around this team. I'm going to land on the ladder. Uh, this is a yes. play with, a play with your heart pick, even though they're on the road. Um, if this, I, I think there's a chance that if this game was in Hawaii, the spread would be 10 points less. Um, I don't disagree with what you just said either. So like, yeah. So if, if, because this game's on the road, I think most people are shying away from it, but I think Hawaii is a chance to be way better than last year. Obviously all the chaos that unfolded with Nick Rolovich and that whole scenario really affected this team last year. I think they, they're going to be better. Um, no, it wasn't. No, Rolovich was the year before. Who's the guy that, that got fired? Uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but yeah, I mean, he I left the program yeah, and, yeah. and just had screwed the program. Yeah. So I, I think Timmy Chang, hometown hero, uh, yep. Tommy Chang. Um, Tommy Chang. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they'll be better offensively. I like them to hang with Vanderbilt a little bit longer than most people expect. I think Vanderbilt still wins possibly by two touchdowns, but I think they stay under the number. Uh, Timmy, sorry, not Tommy. Timmy. Timmy, uh, give me Hawaii plus 17. I, I like it. I like it. Uh, I got a few leans and a few picks, uh, but let me let me run you down with who I think is in the college football playoff. I think in order, it looks like this. I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll give you my top 11 or 12 teams. Uh, <laughs> but here's, here's who I think makes the college football playoff. Georgia, number one, as an undefeated Georgia. Michigan, number two, as a... Maybe one loss, but probably zero loss. Michigan, I think USC probably has one to two losses at number three, and I think Ohio State sneaks in there at number four, having only lost to Michigan. Um, I think after that, you see Texas very close. I think you then see Florida State, Penn State. I think Alabama is about number eight, just like last year. I think they will stumble. I think that's where we're most opposed on the SEC opinions. And then I think you kind of see LSU, Wisconsin, Clemson, and the rest of the big name guys. I think you'd see one, maybe two G5 teams in the top 25 at the end of the year. Um, but uh, I, I think that'll either be Tulane or, or UTSA, as we've been talking about. I think those are the only two really like competitive teams right now in the G5 that can really rival a lot of Power 5 teams. And I think you kind of saw that last year with Tulane in the Cotton Bowl um, and and. You know, we're starting to see the AAC become a little more prominent compared to what what people have associated with it in the past. Um, as far as picks, uh, I I don't like the Notre Dame pick. I'll be honest with you. Uh, a, a large percent of the money is on Navy, despite only forty seven percent of the bets being on Navy. So I'm staying away from that. That that screams someone knows something I don't. Although I do not think Navy is a very good team. Um, I'm going with UTEP minus one against Jackson State. Um, Jackson State or Jacksonville State? <laughs> Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Uh, I think uh, UTEP's a pretty good team. It's only a one-point spread, so you're essentially betting that UTEP is going to win. Um, and I, I'm sticking I'll, – I'll stick with you on the Hawaii thing. I think 18's a little high, and I think there's uh, some probably pretty high emotions from that team knowing they're – you know, how distraught the community is, obviously, over the – horrifically happened over on Maui. Uh, and then I, I lean uh, LA Tech uh, at home against FIU minus 11 and a half. Um, lot of percentage of the money is on that team. Someone knows something I don't. I'll go with the public on that one um, and kind of ride it, ride it out. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii cash is 62%, 51% of the tickets on Vanderbilt. PFF says the value is still in Hawaii. 
Um, and just for to follow up on your comment, 53% of the tickets are in Notre Dame, 67% of the cash is on Navy. Um, so that's just difference of opinion for us. Yeah, um, yeah. If it was like 90%, I would have been scared. Um, 67% is enough for me where I – look, I just believe in Sam Hartman. That's that's yeah, that's fair. And 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 granted, college football and NFL week zero or, or week one, really, right? This is week one yeah. is like wildly different, right? Yeah. Because NFL is usually a lot of upsets. I I would argue college football. I think most teams covered their spreads yeah. pretty handedly last year. So I don't think it's incorrect to say lean towards at least for these first games teams that are favored. But yeah, I don't. I, I know Vanderbilt's a good team compared to Hawaii. I still think Hawaii can pull something off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's been our preview for the college football season of 2023-2024. Weekly episodes and all that good stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, Like and subscribe and uh, have a good day.